This is episode 42 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent, and as always, I am joined by Jason. Hello, hello. Hello. We've got a good one this week. We've got two of the members of Delacoma coming up here in a bit. That's right. That's going to be good. Quite a lengthy interview with these guys. Great stuff. Before we get into that, we've got a few things we want to talk about. The first of which being Anvil. Yes, and I fucking love Anvil. And they just dropped a new song yesterday. Yes, they did. And it's uh, they released it as a as a video, a lyric video. You can go to their Facebook and Twitter, I think, and find this. Click on this thing, listen to this. Yeah, die for a lie. That's right. I, I'm I'm pretty sure if you if you search Anvil on YouTube, it's like the first thing that comes up now too. Okay, cool. Uh, I, I seems like that's what happened on YouTube the other day. So, it, very easy to find the song. You have no excuse. Right. Well, just to get right into this, this thing, in typical Anvil fashion, just kicks your ass. Oh yeah, it's just a. I mean, just a a, a slab, <laughs> a, a slab of just what you want. Just straight up uh, meat, potatoes, basic metal that, and I don't say basic in a bad way. That that just smacks you right in the face, and that's what I love about this band. Yeah, what one thing you always come to expect from Anvil is some badass drumming. Oh man! And this yeah. just starts off that way, and then that's continues right. like always. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you know, after hearing this and their their album Hope and Hell that came out a couple years ago, they're one of these bands like those classic metal bands that were a little under the radar to most people in America, like Accept and Saxon. That just yeah. That now, you know, 30 years later, are still putting out amazing music yeah. for, you know, that style of metal. Oh, for, for real, yeah. So it's just, it's just badass. That's, like you said, meat and potatoes, badass, in your face. You can't really, you can't get too elaborate with it. No, I mean, yeah. and that's the thing. It's no frills, uh, and it's uh, it goes perfect with, you know, Accept and Saxon, just like you were saying. In fact, uh, that's who they're, uh, they're touring with. Um, Udo, it, it, yeah, is Udo Dirkschneider, yeah. who was the original vocalist for Accept. They're they're touring all over Europe with them right now, I think, and that's just a perfect pairing. It's so smart, and it's and it's got to be a great step for Anvil. And uh, they're coming back here in the spring and summer, right? <clears throat> and uh, you know, you just can't, uh, you know, w- when you talk about classic metal. You have to include Anvil. I mean, you have to. I, I, I myself, I admit, I didn't really know m- much about them until that movie came out a few years ago. That's okay. I'll admit it. You know, and I didn't really, to be honest with you, I, I didn't really recognize the name. But when I saw the logo, the logo was very familiar somehow, and I'm pretty sure that it came from years and years of looking at, you know, guitar and metal magazines as a kid. Right. Probably seeing them in the back and here and there and stuff. And, uh, you know, and it's kind of like when I when I kind of discovered Saxon, uh, I just kind of felt dumb for not knowing about these guys. I mean, this is, this is stuff right up my alley. It's just uh, straight up, and it's just hard, and it's heavy. It, there's not much to think about. It's just go, go, go. And, uh, you know, they just keep coming out with uh, just quality metal. And uh, just go go listen to this song. Go see them live. Uh, we saw them live, what, last year, right? Was it? Yeah, it was about this. I think it was February of last year. Yes. We drove to Fort Smith and had the chance to catch them. 
in a hotel of all places. That's, that's right. They played a conference room in a hotel, and he even mentioned, well, you know, 35 years, and I think this is the first time we ever played a fucking hotel. <laughs> but it didn't. It didn't matter to <laughs> right. them. They fucking killed it like they would any gig. Yeah. And uh, Rob Reiner is an amazing drummer. He did a solo like five feet from our fucking faces. Right. And it was. Uh, I, I'm. I, there's 25-year-old drummers out there that can't do this shit. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. So, uh, so yeah, if you're, if, if you're not on the, the Anvil train, uh, I don't know. You just, I don't know, your ears are fucked or something. <laughs> well, the other cool thing about Anvil is that most bands like this, metal bands of this style, they're not three pieces, you know? Oh, I know. That's like, when you think of a three-piece, that's usually like a progressive or a stoner rock or just, you know, specific styles of rock. Exactly. And... You don't see just like these straight up ballsy metal bands where it's just, you know, bass, guitar, drums. Yep. You know? And when we saw them, did you, did you think that there was anything lacking? No, they didn't need a second guitarist. Exactly. You know, because that's what that's Anvil. Their sound comes across, and it comes across heavy. Yeah, uh, very heavy. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're we're happy to talk about them and. Uh, and we're really going to try to see them on this uh, tour they come, when they come around the spring and summer. So, Yep. And they got a new album coming out. Obviously, I don't know if they've announced when it's coming out. February 26th. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Same day that Anthrax has come out. Yep. Same day we're seeing Iron Maiden in Tulsa. You're goddamn right. So that's a big day that's, for metal. It is. It is. And uh, it's also your dad's birthday. That's, that's right. So, I mean, it's really, uh, you know, uh, in all respect, Paul Ray Wood, hell yeah. And uh, and it's really just um, it's a good day for metal, and it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna it's called Anvil is Anvil, again no frills. So there you go. <laughs> well, we're gonna use that word no frills here again in a bit. I'm sure we will. But before we do that, we want to play a song, and we're gonna play a song from a band called Namara, and they're out of well. They list as being out of Columbus, Ohio, but I think it says Columbus slash Little Rock, maybe. Okay. Somewhere in Arkansas, because a couple of guys. Anyway, we're, we're going to talk about this when we get back, but the song we're going to play for you is called Tesla, and it's not about Nikolai Tesla. It's not about the vehicle. You'll find out. Anyway, here we go. This is Tesla Nomara.
Tesla from the band Nomara. And this band features John LeCompte, who was in Evanescence, and right. We Are the Fallen. He's also a producer. I think he produced this music. I'm, I'm not 100% on that, but I think he did. They've got a five-song EP out. This song's on there. There's several other songs on there. They're all good. They've got videos for all these songs. Well, not, I think they've got videos for four of the five songs in this EP, mm-hmm. which is a very smart thing that I think more bands should do because you cross a lot of platforms and reach more people that way. But we had to play this song because, as we've stated many times, this is our era of music that we cut our teeth on. And, of course, Tesla is one of my top three favorite bands ever, and I know they're high up on your list as well. Oh, yes. And this song... Obviously, it just harkens back to that era, paying tribute to it. Even the, even the beginning of the song, you know, reminds you of that Frank and Tommy guitar stuff from the late 80s, early 90s, you know, yeah. the way the song opens. Yeah. And then it gets in lyrically, you know, they name drop Tesla, Warrant, Motley Crue. They make reference to Def Leppard, Aerosmith, Cinderella, Scorpions, Ario Speedwagon. The list goes on, <laughs> you know. Take it on the run. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, you can't get much, you know, more rock and roll than that. No, you can't. Name dropping your influence. You know, they're wearing it on their sleeves. They're not hiding from it. That's right. pretty cool. Hey, in the still of the night, the 80s got it right. <laughs> there okay? you go. And they fucking did. Oh, yeah. Uh, this band is, uh, they're great. They're, they're, they're a good, they're a good example of a hard rock band that everybody from, you know, all little subgenres can kind of latch on to. I, uh, you know, before you came over, Trent, uh, I knew we were going to be talking about this, so I, I queued them up on YouTube, and you know, I, I, I heard, I heard the EP. Uh, what was it? A week or two ago, when you sent it to me, and I just wanted to refresh. And you know, you've got the song Tesla, which is just unabashed showing. You know, this is us. This is what we love. You know, and and it's over the top, but it works at the same time. And uh, I've I've listened to more of their stuff, and you get like a. In some ways, there's a few little passages where it kind of felt kind of like some power metal. You know, with the the twin guitars and the just kind of there's some epic runs there and uh but you also get like real accessible kind of radio rock vibe going on uh it's just um a a great uh a great calling card for hard rock in general and something that like i said something that everybody can love and these guys are you know impeccable musicians uh, so uh there's no reason you can't check these guys out yeah they've uh They've got this. I think you can listen to all the songs on Reverb Nation. You can also obviously just go purchase the thing from iTunes or hit them up on Facebook. It's just N-O-M-A-R-A. And I believe I saw on their Facebook they're supposed to be announcing a tour for this spring pretty soon. Yeah. So we'll find out where they're coming. They said it's kind of a big announcement, right? Yeah. They, cool. they called it a major announcement. There we go. You know, but they seem like the type of band that would be fun live, you know, I mean... You know, they at least the the video for the song Tesla. You know, a lot of it is is live, and they were yeah. actually opening for Tesla last year on some shows. Yeah, Troy Lucetta was in the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Troy's in the video, and then of course you see the Tesla backdrop behind him since they were opening for him. Yeah, and parts of the video, and they've like I said, they've got videos up for um, 
what is the the song say? Sell out and then use your love, I think, and broken. Yeah, I think that's a lyric video, right? But it's just yeah, like we said, check these guys out. You know, if you like straight up hard rock, I think you're gonna dig this, just like we did. Of course. Yep. All right. Speaking of stuff we dig, Prong, who is oh, another yes. band, like a, like Anvil, well, not as much as Anvil, but like a lot of these bands that we mentioned that, you know, kind of just hang right there below the radar yeah. of most people, you know, even though they've been around now for 30 years, actually exactly 30, I think their first album hit in 86. Yeah. You know, yeah. So they've actually been a band longer than that, but you get the picture. But I, you know, I'm, I wasn't on... You know, I didn't really get into them when I was really getting into metal in the early 90s. And, it, you know, I think I'd heard the stuff like Beg to Differ and all that on Headbangers Ball. But it was really when Cleansing came out, you know, and Snap Your Fingers, Snap Your Neck, Hit the Radio. Yeah. I'll be honest, that's really when I paid attention. I got that album and then went backwards and got everything. And, of course, since then. Yeah. And they continually have put out, you know, just solid metal in their vein of metal which is a you know an interesting thing because they're kind of hard to explain to people oh yeah they yeah definitely i I can see how you'd say that yeah yeah a lot of hardcore influence at times but he he still is a great you know he doesn't sing hardcore yeah most of the time earlier on he did maybe a little more but and they've also just got that metal vibe and they you know where they kind of cross in the different areas and pull fans from different genres Mm -hmm. which is cool and this new album it just came out this this past week, or actually a few days ago. By the time you're hearing this, um, ten no absolutes. Oh and man, just solid, straight through. Which is amazing because this is the fourth, or no, the third album of new material that they put out in the last four years. Yeah, and they even had another album last year that was a cover album. Yeah, yeah, they've been pretty prolific. And the two albums. Preceding this, um, Ruining Lives and Carved in Stone are both solid from beginning in as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just awesome that, you know, 30 years into this, Tommy Victor's just like now just hitting it hard. Yeah. And just drop, and not just like some <clears throat> bands where he's dropping a single or an EP here and there. He's dropping 12 song albums every year. Yeah. And just staying with it. And I think it might, it might be paying off, you know, because they were back on tour with Clutch when we saw him a couple years That's ago. That's right. They're... You know, you see their name, they're, they're on all these European metal festivals and stuff. Yeah. So, it's just, it's good that it's finally coming back around, I think. Yeah. Well, and you know, he, he they kind of had a lull there, because he is, uh, Tommy Victor is also uh, Danzig's guitar player. Right. So, I'm sure that takes up a lot of time. Yeah, and he'd been doing that since the 90s. Yes, we saw him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was in 96. in Tulsa. Yeah, on the very first Ozfest before it became a big outdoor festival. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was touring arenas. Biohazard, Sepultura, Danzig, and Ozzy. Right. That came here. Yeah. Yeah, and Tommy and Victor was Tommy, up there yeah. with with Danzig, and I yeah. think he, I think there's been points where he wasn't in the band, right? But he's always been. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too sure. But but, but right, yeah, he he toured with Danzig last year. Yeah. And I'm sure he will again this year. Oh yeah, you know, for me, <clears throat> Prong, Prong, they came on my radar pretty early. Uh, I was fortunate enough to, you know, be around some some dudes in middle school, you know, Travis Taylor, Sam Garcia, that kind of thing. Uh, 
that were really into that kind of stuff and also, you know, just discovering Headbangers Ball. So, beg to differ, preview wrong. You know, those were always, always there. And that's when I really, I really dug, Prove You Wrong really got me. That's a badass song. Yeah. And so they really came on my radar then. And of course, Cleansing and Snap Your Finger, Snap Your Neck. And everybody loved them on that deal. Whose fist is this anyway? <laughs> yes, whose fist. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it just kills you. It gets you right in the gut. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got, I got to admit there for a while, I, I kind of lost track of them. And, uh, and I think that's kind of when you picked up on them a little more and uh, maybe, I don't know, you tell me, you know, but, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I just kind of what it seems like. And, um, these last, last few years, I've kind of got back into them a little bit more. And one thing I can tell by this new album and also the last couple, I think, uh, Tommy Victor's vocals have just, they've gotten insane. Oh they've, yeah. They've improved you know, two hundred percent. He's like a full-on singer now. Yes, I mean he's got a clear, uh, high, you know, just spot-on vocal approach where he can still do the gruff kind of stuff that he used to do, and he does do that a lot. But this is just like another door that he's opened, and for you know what twenty-five, thirty years later to be still doing that and still exploring you know new, uh, new facets of your instrument is amazing. And so, uh, so yeah, I, I definitely had to give this new album a, a chance, and it's just got some killer tracks on it. Yeah, the the first thing I'd heard was the the song um, "Cut and Dry" because they released that as a single a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just exactly what you expect and want from Prong. Yeah. You know, in your face, badass, and you know, hitting this, hitting going this album. There isn't a song on here that I don't like. Oh, I know. It's just, it's nonstop from beginning to end. That third song without words. Yeah, that one is like the highlight of the whole album. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, not as fast and intense, but it's just, you know, just that pounding prong, you know, mid-range stuff that, you know, like, you know, pick up the broken pieces. You remember that? You know, just like it gets stuck in your head. And it just like sticks with you. Without words is the same way. Uh, Trent was, was punching the air when he said pounding prong too yeah. that's how good this shit yeah. is i was pick up the broken pieces <laughs> you know but what what about that song do nothing which is you know the slower kind of i mean it's still heavy but it's like that yeah you're like man where'd yeah. that come from it's almost just like tommy victor's laying down a love jam it's not a, <laughs> it's not a love song you know it's yeah and it's just an amazing track yeah I mean, you can't go wrong. With, that's with, dude. That's a hashtag. <laughs> Tommy Victor Love Jam. <laughs> right. We're starting it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Ice runs through my veins. Oh man, that that's probably my second favorite. Yeah. But you know, just do yourself a favor and listen to this new album. Buy this new album. And if you're not even into prong at all, and you're listening to this, just go back and just listen to everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And an in, interesting side note for those of you that aren't big into this like us back in the early 2000s and I drawn a blank off the top of my head the name of the album but Monty Pittman that's who was, right who was the guitarist for Madonna was the guitarist for Prong and that's another whole different thing but Monty Pittman has a a solo album out called The Power of Three that is a metal album mm-hmm. it's just totally badass by the way yep that's Madonna's guitarist and he plays for <laughs> Madonna <laughs> 
You gotta love it. Yep. Well, you got anything else you want to say about Prong before we move on? Just that uh, you need to go get this new album. Yeah, well, l- let me say one more thing. You know, like we talked about, like I mentioned, we saw him live. The most recent time we saw him live was, was two, was it three years ago now? Yeah, I think so. It was in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and they opened for Clutch. That's right. And I love Clutch, okay? Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Clutch is obviously one of the greatest live bands you could ever see. Oh, hands down, yeah. Every album they put out is hashtag all killer, no filler. <laughs> you know, these they're just one of the most perfect rock bands that has ever existed, okay? But at that night, I walked away, all I could think about was prong. Yeah. That's, but it, it's probably been because it had been so long since I'd seen Prong, and so I was real amped about it. Yeah, but you, go ahead. But I was just gonna say they put on a performance, and it, and even other like my girlfriend was with us, and she only knew a few, you know, a couple songs, and then was really hyped about Clutch, and yeah. she was walking away the same thing, just yeah. talking about Prong. So I think yeah. it's that was, that to me kind of says it all. Yeah. That this band is at that level, you know. Oh, definitely, and you know that gets me thinking. A couple more things is one: you remember, like twenty years ago, we saw McCain's Ballroom, and it was Clutch opening for Prong, right? And, you know, but anyway, <laughs> which is that was an amazing show. But also at that Arkansas show, you know what I thought was cool was after the after the whole show, after Clutch was done and everything. Well, I mean, we we met Tommy Victor at the merch table. Uh, I think right after their set, and he, you know, he was a nice guy, and uh, he took our picture, all that kind of stuff. But what I thought was cool after the whole show, the whole band came out and just was like hanging out at the bar. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think uh, there's one point where we were all sitting at the bar, and they just walked by, and they're like patting us on the shoulder and stuff, like, "Hey guys, what's up?" You know. And uh, there's like some like real tall dorky guy that just wouldn't leave him alone <laughs> just some like gigantic fanboy michael thrasher no. <laughs> no, no no some guy we didn't know right and just killing him just wouldn't leave him alone asking him a million questions and they were just cool and gracious and you know didn't uh you know didn't didn't freak out and answered the guy's questions and it was crazy because the way this guy was, you could have easily told him to fuck off. Right. But they didn't, you know, so that was awesome. And, you know, you even gave the drummer shit. I didn't give him shit. For, for punching out the fucking Saxon drummer. Yeah. There's another. <laughs> That's a whole other fucking podcast. Tidbit. The guy used to be in Three Inches of Blood, and he was relieved of his duties <laughs> after he punched. Who was it in Saxon? I Nigel Glockler, okay. the fucking drummer. Yeah, he punched the drummer of Saxon. You know, at a festival in Europe, and who? Why would you ever punch the drummer of Saxon? <laughs> right. If you, if you, and he's not in prong anymore either, so I can fucking say this. Right. If you punch any fucking buddy in Saxon, you should get fired from your band. <laughs> According to you, the biggest Saxon fan I know. That's well. There you go. Right. <clears throat> All right. Well, as you see from the title of this podcast, Delacoma is the the main story here. And let's just talk about this. Delacoma is a band they've been around a couple years now. Yeah. Featuring the lead singer of Sunset Riot. And, you know, they kind of, they're a band out of Australia that kind of made a name for themselves. And then stuff happened. They broke up. And okay. Delacoma, Delacoma Rio is the name of the vocalist who went on to form this band. That's right. And 
I mentioned earlier we're going to bring the term no frills back into play. <laughs> and here we go. Here's where it happens. Right. No frills, hard rock, good time, rock and roll. Oh, definitely. You know, and just to jump right into this, I'm going to have to say I'm a, as we all know, a Guns N' Roses fanboy. Yes. Since I was a cute little kid. So I followed everything they've all done forever. And I got to say any band, you know, that we talk about this in here, that they cover Mean Bone by Slash of Snake Pit. <laughs> yes. Most ever show. Yes. And. Hey, they opened with it when we saw them. That's right. Yeah. And Slash of Snake Pit to me is, those two albums are probably the, you know, at least close to the best thing that anyone's done post Guns N' Roses. Yeah. You know, Slash's new stuff. His last few solo albums with Miles Kennedy and everything, you know, gets more attention. And rightfully so. It's great stuff. Yeah. But Slash's Snake Pit was exactly what you expected from Slash when he left Guns N' Roses. Yeah. It just sounded like an extension of Guns N' Roses with a different vocalist. <laughs> you know, and that first album had Eric Dover. The second album had Rod Jackson. And especially the second album, if someone brings up Slash's Snake Pit, and they're usually bringing up, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Yeah. But that second album with Rod Jackson... Ain't life grand. Yeah, it doesn't get the... It's my favorite. Yeah, it doesn't get yeah. the same attention, and that's what these guys focused in on, which, you know, kind of caught our attention right off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, when, when you know, I was going through the songs and, you know, YouTube and kind of listen to them and check them out, that caught me straight away, and I was like, well, we have to ask him about this. Yeah. You know, have to. So we get into all that, and they, we talk about, you know, they talk about Mean Bone and about the fact that they love Snake Pit as well. So it's always good to see people loving that stuff that kind of got lost somewhere along the way because, yeah. you know, bigger you, stuff happened before and after. Yeah, <laughs> and you think, wow, I'm not the only one. Right. <laughs> you know? Yep. But this this band, you know, is just everything that you that you should like about rock and roll. You know, it's just like they're on stage live having a great time. You know, there's, you know, it's just party rock but oh, yeah. it does you know the lyrics aren't party rock but the attitude is party rock definitely you know Dell's swinging from the rafters or he's yep. running around the club outside whatever yeah whatever he's had to do yeah he did that anytime the band was like anytime the guitarist was soloing or there was a break he would like you said he'd run out run out the back door of the venue and come back in the front door get back on stage yes and he even like like you mentioned you know climbed up to the rafters above the stage and hung upside down and sung most of one of the songs that way. Yeah. And I think it's something he does anytime he has the, anytime a stage provides that. Cause I saw a couple of videos on YouTube where he was, you know, climbing up stuff. And you said you, you heard a couple people in there talking about it beforehand. Cause he was sizing up the, yeah, the this, rappers. <laughs> you could, you could overhear people talking, which means, you know, they have a fan base, which is amazing. People are coming to see him. Uh, it's great. And and the people were like uh, watching him, and they're like, "I wonder if he's gonna, I wonder if he's gonna hang upside down." And they're like, "Yeah, he is," because you'd see him look up at the rafters, kind of sizing everything up, see if he could do it, and he did it, you know. And uh, that's awesome. That's definitely something people are gonna remember. Yeah, and that's what you want, you know. You you leave the live show talking about it, yeah, and you can tell yeah. tell your friends about it because it's not just some standard random band you saw that oh, it was cool they sounded great but it's also 
Like yeah. you said, oh, the dude hung upside down. The dude was running around. Yeah. He was out singing with people in a few of those songs, too. You know? and, and see, the thing is, is that's not bullshit. It's not dumb because they have the talent and the fucking know-how to back it up. Right. So, it, you know, it, it all comes together in one complete deal. Yeah. And you, I know you mentioned, you know, after hearing them the first time, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember how to, how you said, oh, yeah. you know, how you could describe uh, I mean, this. <laughs> my thing is, with Delacoma, I, I hate, like I've said before to you and on this podcast, I don't really like to do the whole four fans of thing. But, you know, it just it's just struck me so hard, these guys. I mean, if you really, if, if you're the kind of person that likes Velvet Revolver, The Cult, you know, proper Aerosmith, uh, some Guns N' Roses, uh... <clears throat> some with with like a little bit of like purple era STP, you know. Yeah. I mean, this you're gonna love this band. There's no, uh, there's no. I mean, you're thinking to yourself, well, then maybe I'll check it out. No, there's no maybe. <laughs> you have to check it out because you have a new favorite band. So really, and, and and these guys need your support more than anybody. So you've got to check these guys out. It's such a fun live show. They were super fucking. Nice guys, you know, totally personable. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's nothing not to like about this band. The talent is off the charts. Their guitar player was crazy. He had that, you know, he had that, you could tell he was a serious, you know, musician and he knew what he was doing, but he also had, you know, that, uh, that, that balls out swaggers, you know, where he just wasn't worried and just let it, let it all go. It's just a great combination. Yeah, and uh, their album "South of Everything" came out almost almost a year ago now. It was last spring, and they're actually now already working on the second, the follow up. Yeah. And that first album, you know, like we've said about other stuff on this podcast, it's just it doesn't have any filler in it, really. You know. Yeah. It's definitely. just you know the song. Uh, even get towards the end, the song like FJH, and then there's stuff like Walk the Plank and. My kind of woman was a single. It's yeah. great, and then they made that. They have the video for uh, moving on. Moving to some, on. Uh, yeah, yeah. moving on, on to something new. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a great song. That gets stuck in your head huge. And that's one of the ones where you definitely hear that. You know, you hear the the rock and roll vibe, but then you also hear the STP vibe you're talking mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got more of that kind of groove to it. Yeah. And he and we talked about that as well because. STP is one of his favorites, and he's a big yeah, Scott Weiland fan. A huge Weiland fan. And he's even doing, if you're in the Australia area, Australia area. <laughs> if you're in Australia, it's not like, or if you're in Kansas City area, which is us, you know, like because you're four <laughs> hours away. Basically, if you're on the continent of Australia, coming up in March, he's doing a, basically a tribute to all the work of Weiland, which includes, you know, Sono Pilots and Velvet Revolver. Purple Plush Revolver. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which That's is what pretty, it's called. Yeah. Pretty cool. He's assembled a group of guys to do this. and So you imagine, hopefully we'll see some of that stuff on YouTube, because I imagine it'll be a word. He will do it justice. I can yeah. promise you that. Hey, you know, and STP just did that thing. They released that thing saying they're looking for a new singer. Oh, correct. And they're taking, <laughs> yeah, they're taking right. submissions from anybody. So don't, are you, you trying to break up Delacoma now? No, well, <laughs> no, that I, I don't want to do that. Never mind. <laughs> Strike that from the podcast. I'm o- sure he already that. knows. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> sh- <clears throat> Go ahead. But no, in this in this interview that's about to come up, 
we talked to to Dell, and we talked to Matt Cook, who's the drummer. Yes. And both these guys are, you know, you can tell they're passionate about not only, you know, what they're doing and this band, but just music in general. And that's what, you know, most musicians are, but it's always good when you see it come across. Oh, definitely. And they, they uh, they all have different things that comes together to make Delacoma. And it was just, uh, <clears throat> it was a, it was a good, it was a good night for sure. Yeah. Awesome, awesome interview here coming up. We did this outside because it's the only place that we could do it, and it was a little windy. I've listened to some of this already. And See, I was going to ask yeah. you that. How, how did that sound? And we should probably say something about it. <laughs> right. Well, we've got a, a wind cover on our mic, but still, it was still pretty windy. And there's points where it it cuts through some, but it never makes it unlistenable. Okay, so, good, good. But there's a lot of, a lot of, it's a lot better than if you happen to hear our Sons of Texas interview a few months ago, you know. The one was pretty ripping on that day. Awesome. But, well, then well then it should be good then. Yeah. It's got its points, so just bear with it. But for the most part, it's it's an awesome interview. Yeah. And like you mentioned, they're good dudes. We got there and uh, met up with Dell, and he right away just started, you know, talking to us and acting like, you know, we were old buddies and we hadn't seen him in a couple of years or something. Yeah, we were and, we were walking up the parking lot, and he was, like, raising his hands up and yeah. all that kind of stuff. He was... <laughs> Asked me about my tattoo, and he was just a uh, just super personable, and uh, made you just put you right at ease. Right. Yeah. And we really appreciate that. Yep. So let's just cut right to this. This is Dell and Matt from Delacoma. And I've been doing it for years. I did it with my old band. Topeka, Kansas. There's this one bar called the Booby Trap. And they always put any band, like my old band and even this band, they put us on at like 12.30 at night on a Tuesday. Never before. Sometimes 1 o'clock. Yeah. And there's always people there. And I'm like, so I, I, I always joke. I'm like, we're going to make a t-shirt that says we don't work Wednesdays in Topeka, you know? This <laughs> nice. Nice, right on. Because there's always after parties and stuff. That's where, like, we rage afterwards. And I'm like, don't you guys work on Wednesdays? I'm like, I don't care because, I mean, when you're on, I mean, unless you've got, like, a 16-hour drive the next day. But a lot of times, when we go from Topeka, we're either going to Dallas, which is, like, a seven-hour drive, which is not too bad, or we're going to Lincoln, Nebraska, which is, like, a four-hour drive or a three-hour drive. So, anyway. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. out. Ah, no problem. Yeah. No problem. Well, um, do you guys have a copy of the record yet? No. I've been listening to it on Spotify. Yeah, cool. Giving yeah. you like uh, yeah. a hundredth of a penny per listen. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, man. It, every little bit counts. That's it right. does. That's it right. does. <laughs> At some point, we'll have a cup of coffee in the next 12 years. Yeah. Yes. I'm hanging for it, too. <laughs> it'll be a, a well-deserved cup yes. of coffee, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be a, be a Starbucks one. None of this big <laughs> trick shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> get that real shit. Now I'll get, I'll get you a copy of the, the record. And cool. That's cool. cool. Thanks. Review it for us. Or so you guys just uh, did, you just got back from Nam, right? Or yes. Yeah. Nam? Yes, we like just got back, back from Nam. Yeah. yeah, it was really good, man. It was really, really good. Um, we did. We shot a music video out there. And we played okay. a show, and I uh, got a lot of cool contacts. So yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Cool. All boxes ticked. 
Yeah. <laughs> did, did you try out anything you liked, or did you meet anybody cool, or... Man, it was, for Plenty me... Of cool people. Yeah, there yeah. were a bunch of cool people. For me, like, it was just so much. Yeah. It was hard to even really, like, like figure out a game plan for myself or anything like that. So I, I did get to see a bunch of stuff and talk to a bunch of cool people, but I think it was more like just the primer experience for next time I go, you know? Yeah, yeah. right. It was my second time, so I was I was a little bit I was like a step ahead, I guess. Right, yeah, you, you knew know, what to so. expect for sure. So I, I I'd already I'd lined up a couple interviews and I'd I'd lined up some people that I wanted to talk to mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, it's a full on experience, you know. <laughs> yeah, like by the end of it, you're just like, oh, that just happened. Just We're done. Okay, wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys just go there to play, or were you like there with Gangstar or anything? Yeah, you were there with Rock and Roll okay. Gangstar. Yep. Uh, so um, they're our clothing sponsor. Um, um, and they also um, produce our merchandise. Okay. Hmm. So our t-shirts are all done by Rock and Roll Gangsta. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, they had us out there and uh, we did, you know, we went and hung out their booth a little bit, you know, and then we also, um, uh, we also did, we did a couple of interviews and then, um, yeah, just kind of hung out and yeah. met up with some people and. Had a good time, <laughs> really. <laughs> Shot a music video in the hotel for the Marriott. <laughs> No, that was fun. I got to play. Yeah, I got to yeah. play drums full on in a hotel suite. Yeah. That was nice. rad. That was pretty <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I saw you guys are working on the new album. Yes, already. Yep. Like, how far along are you on that? Just writing, or are you? Um, yeah. So we've got um, we've got a um, con- conceptual vision, I guess, if you will. Um, we've got a lot of parts and pieces. We probably got, I'd say, probably four or five songs that are including Lickin' a Promise yeah you know, that, are, that are like solid that, that are solid and are, and are, are, are ready um, and then we got parts and pieces for a bunch of different songs and and, and for this record um, see the last one we'd only been a band for four months so we wrote three songs were already written like completely and then probably another four, three, three, or four. three or four were written without vocals mm-hmm. and then we probably wrote the remainder on the road um, and we just we went into the studio and recorded, but we really didn't know each other that, or I didn't know these guys that well. Um, and um, for this one, we because we went went through that process of recording, you know, ten songs in nine days, you know, um, with a producer that we'd never worked with before, um, and we wanted to come in this time with things not completely fully formed and allow him to have a bit of a voice and mm-hmm. sort of go. These are some ideas that we've got, you know, these are some, these are some rhythms, these are some riffs, these are some yeah. lyrics, you know, these are, you know, and, and help him to have a voice in that because I think a producer is, it, it helps you get thoughts and ideas that are in your head um, across to a listener in a way that they will understand because sometimes... You know, in a we band, get, it's easy to get caught up in the technical jargon when you're when you're writing it. You know, and it's it's nice to have that outside perspective that it's just totally fresh and just like you said, just the listeners. And you spend, you. you know, you spend like six or nine months in a van with people. You know each other well. So when you go, you know what I'm saying? You go, yeah, yeah, yeah of course I do. You know, <laughs> but to like try and communicate, you know, something to a listener, you know, and sometimes you play something for a producer and they're like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Mm. And sometimes you explain it to them, they go. Ah, okay. Well, if you do this, then that'll come across. And you go, ah, that makes that sense. Makes that makes sense. So it's not like they're they're not changing what you're doing, but they're 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 making it um, more accessible. If they're good at their job, the producer's making what you do more accessible. And we wanted to allow our producer to have a little bit more input on the songs that w- that we're writing. 
Whereas last time it was pretty much we came in, we're like, these are the songs we've got. We got nine just, days. Just let's hit, do it. hit play, you know, record, you know, and and figure out the best way to record what we have. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time we're going in and we're saying, all right, this is this song, this is this song, this is this song. What do you think about it? Mm-hmm. So it's a different it's a different process. We're going in on Tuesday to just for a full like probably twelve or fifteen or sixteen hour day. Yeah. Just and we're just throwing down as many demos as we can. And it's gonna be the first time that he's heard any of them. And we're just gonna play around with them and then come out the other side, hopefully, with as many demos as we can, and then we can go away and start playing those live, because we're a live band. You know? Go away and start playing those live and then hopefully in the summer go into the studio proper and record another album. Mm-hmm. That's okay. the plan. Cool. Do you think the sound's going to be pretty comparable to South Cover thing, or yes. do you see it going anywhere? No, nothing too crazy. Um, um, I mean, I, I feel like we'll be more expansive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because because like you say, I mean, we didn't know each other that well the first record, so I mean, it, it, the first record was a very bare bones, upfront in your face kind of thing, and I think we have a lot of we ha- we have a lot more ability to explore. Kind of for ideas perspective, you know, we we did fifty three shows in four months before we recorded. Right in that time, you know, this is uh, th- that was August of two thousand fourteen. So we're almost a year and a half on from that. We've done over over one hundred and ten more shows, including the first time for Matt and Art to play in Australia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of experiences that we have and we know each other a lot better on stage and a lot better as, as human beings than we did. So I think there's, it's going to be a very, it's going to be the same brash, reckless, upfront, in your face rock and roll, but there's going to be a softer element to some stuff. And there's going to be a harder element to some yeah. stuff. I feel like the the the, the scope yeah. is opening up yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, you know, same thing, but a broader spectrum. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So it, it, I'm excited. We'll talk about. You know, you say you guys didn't really know each other when you went into this. Mm-hmm. How was that kind of awkward, or was that just kind of you just kind of went into it and we didn't really have time to think? It yeah, it, yeah, we hit it so hard. It was, yeah. I mean, essentially what happened was I'd, I was in a band that had, that had toured over here and, and we played Rocklahoma a couple times and we were all Australian. And um, we got back from our, our biggest U.S. tour um, and um, a couple of the guys sort of dropped a bombshell and we were, we're done. Yeah. And we were getting ready to do our first. We'd done two EPs, you know, we were getting ready for a bunch of big stuff and then two of them wanted out and one of them was a guy that started the band so that completely deflated us and then we ended up just breaking up and I sort of sat down and I was like, I'm not really done with music yet, you know, but what do I do? I've never, I'd never started a band before. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was talking with a few people and I'd written a couple songs, um, with, with other, other people. And, um, I was talking with actually with a uh, rock and roll gangstar, um, owner Daryl. And he said, you know what? Come over to Nam. This was in 2013. You'll meet some people and it'll hopefully help you out. And that sort of that gave me enough impetus. So then I then I booked a few shows, even though, well, I created a logo <laughs> and a band name, and then I, I booked half a tour, telling people I had a band, which I didn't. And I tried out hey, a few bands. Nothing wrong with that. No. Try, tried out a few bands, and they they didn't work out. And then I'd um I'd, I'd sent people some some songs to learn, 
and um, some of my old band's material and a couple of these new ones. And um, these guys were, were very gracious in, in learning learning stuff before I'd actually met them. And um, and then, <laughs> this is where the crazy part happened. So I booked a rehearsal room. This, they were about the third or fourth lineup that I tried out. And the first few, I was like, not going to happen. I was starting to sweat because this was about four or five weeks before we were meant to we were meant to play <laughs> yeah. Rocklahoma. And I didn't actually have a band yet. And so I knew Rick, the bass player from Australia, and he'd moved over here and he was in Matt and Art's old band. And they'd split up. And so I'd been in contact with him and he was the one, he was like, you know, you gotta check out this drummer, he's incredible. You gotta check out this guitarist, he's incredible as well. And, um, and uh, so we lined up a rehearsal and then I got a call from a, 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 a bar owner in Austin he said, the opening night of South by Southwest, I've just had somebody cancel. I noticed online that you've got a new band. Did you want to play? And that was the night of the rehearsal, right? So I texted Rick and I said, what do you think about playing a show, you know? And um, he said, well, let me ask the boys. Well, two hours go by and the bar owner goes, are you in or are you out? And I hadn't heard back from Rick. And I said, you know what? Yeah, we're in. We're in. And so then I texted Rick back and I said, just tell the boys that we're playing a show after we do rehearsal. <laughs> and I'm sure they hated me because the, they were in Dallas. And I'm sure they hated me the entire drive down from Dallas to Austin for three and a half hours of hatred, pure hatred. And we go in the rehearsal room and we play through all these songs for the first time. So and it was the like the first time you ever met each other? Yeah. yeah but, well, we had met once. Very briefly. Very, briefly, very basically briefly. Basically the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically. Because I knew Rick and so I'd, I'd been over here in America visiting Rick and so I'd run into them. Yeah. But it, it was essentially the first time that we... <laughs> De- definitely musically the first time we Definitely the first time we played. And um, so we, we, we did the rehearsal and then um, it was like, well, all right, we're going to go down to the show. We went down to the show and after the show, I was like, damn, that's it. We went, you know, grabbed a beer. I was like, you guys want to uh, hop in a van with me and uh, roll around the country? And they're like, well, I guess I don't have anything better to do. Uh, so, and we kind of woke up uh, yesterday. Yeah, you bet. Yep. <laughs> Awesome. In a nutshell, it's basically what it, I mean, it sounds crazy, but that's exactly what that's, it is. Yeah, I mean, we how it goes, we toured for like eight and a half months, mm-hmm. pretty pretty solid there to mm-hmm. begin with. You know, everywhere we did like about three laps of the U.S. We've done one hundred ten thousand miles in twelve months of touring, mm-hmm. um, including you know these. Well, that's not including the Australian dates, right? That's just American soil. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, yeah, and we just hit it hard, and we just went out there and said, you know what, we believe in, in, in real rock and roll. We use no backing tracks in the, yeah. in, the, in the studio. The drums are not quantized. We recorded the drums, the bass, and the rhythm guitars to, to tape. Um, and um, there's no tricks. There's no auto-tune. It is just straight up. It's rock and roll, and we pride ourselves on, you know, being good at what we do. There's, we're not lazy about it. We, we do it, you know. There's Sure, we could use a lot of tricks and we could use backing tracks and so many bands, even in a lot of these small bars, do. But we don't mm-hmm. because I feel like, you know, that that's rock and roll is, is real emotion. Mm-hmm. That takes personality out of it. Absolutely. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All the bands sound the same when they do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, like, and you can... For a band, I mean, like you, you go, you play six nights a week, playing the same songs every night. But when you do it like we do, every single night, every single song you play is going to be different because of the way that we do it. You know, it's it is it is a a snapshot of that piece of time at that very moment, and that's what makes it special. I think you know, and write the set list every night. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and and obviously some songs work better together, but but every night is 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 different. You it know, is like, its own thing. You know, you know, 
we, we feed off the energy of the place that we're playing, what, playing at, the people that may or may not be there, you know? Um, <laughs> each other. Yeah. You know? each, yeah. It, it, Whether or not I, I, I lick Art's face or not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not more like just when. <laughs> <laughs> when I lick, yeah. Well, uh, you, know, I, you know, going into that kind of thing, you know, when you have a song like My Kind of Woman, which, I mean, that's a great song, and it seems like it's a kind of organic thing. And then we saw, we were watching on YouTube, you have like a, in the stu- uh, radio station, you did an acoustic thing. Did that... You know, did that come about acoustically, or is that like a song where you know we could do an acoustic version of that and it'd be badass? Okay. Because well, you know, some hold on. And then one more thing, I'll let, <laughs> because sometimes you know, if a song is good acoustic, it'll be good anywhere. So, right. so that's kind of my thing there. Well, following on with that, I, I do <laughs> fully believe that a good song you can strip it down to just acoustic guitar and vocals. Yeah. And it will work. It, yeah, it'll get, it'll, it'll get some it'll sort of point across, for sure. That song was initially... It, it's the only song that's ever been recorded where I've written the guitar part for it. <laughs> but Art plays it far better than I ever could dream of playing it. <laughs> and he's added plenty of bits that I never would have even dreamed of. But the very <laughs> Initially, that did come about on acoustic guitar. But that, that acoustic version that is the only time that we've ever played okay, acoustic yeah. okay. because this radio station started playing us and they said we want to get you in the studio you know can you come in and play and we're like yeah cool and then they're like you're not going to be play electric it's going to be acoustic it's like okay we can we can do that you know and, and then they're like and it's going to be six o'clock in the morning <laughs> and we're like Okay. <laughs> so we got in at like 2 a.m. Yep. And then the people were, stay- were staying with the DJs. And they wanted to play beer pong and everything. And I'm like, guys, I have to sing in four hours. <laughs> that means I can't get up at five to six like everyone else can. Right, I've got to get up at, you know, before five o'clock so I can warm these vocal cords up. <laughs> so that was, that was, that's why I'm wearing sunglasses in that video. I can't believe so many people have seen that video. And I'm like... I feel kind of embarrassed about it. No, <laughs> no, it was, it was awesome. It came across really good. Good, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that, it, it was kind of weird because yeah, because the acoustic is the last thing on our mind most of the times. So, you know, what I mean, we're yeah. very much about like high energy, loud <laughs> rock yeah, and roll, very loud. Yeah, so we're like, yeah, we we had a we did like some like. Did you impromptu have blood on that snare. I did have blood all over that snare. <laughs> oh, and we had to go. We had to roll into a music store, and they they loaned us something. An acoustic guitar because we didn't have. Yeah, one. we didn't have an acoustic <laughs> guitar. Yeah, yeah, been there. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting. Right on. <laughs> you, you do a lot of solo acoustic stuff, right? Yeah, I do a lot of solo acoustic stuff, um, and I actually just did an acoustic tour with um, Jason Todd, the um, original guitarist for Shinedown, mm-hmm. down in Florida, and that's. That's been a lot of fun for me, especially because I, I live in Australia, so when we go off tour, you know, um, vocally, I can't take, you know, two months off. If I do that, you know, it's not going to be there when I come back. So I've got to keep my chops up. Right. Plus, plus, it's just fun, you know, to, to get out and, and, and play solo acoustic. Um, but yeah, when we're, on, when we're on tour, a lot of times, you know, it's, we're, we're just all about, you know, six, six nights a week, sometimes seven nights a week, yep. you know. I think our longest stretch is um, 12 days in a row. I think yeah. that's our, our longest stretch. of. And boy, we were dead after that. <laughs> but do you still live in Australia? Yes. Mm. So, like, how does that work as far as... Do you spend a lot of time over here for, like, when you guys are writing? Or do you share ideas, like, 
well, Skype or email or anything? Well, or? This, this is very new for us, yeah. too. Like, you've got to understand, so, this is the first time that we've really gone well, about, like, yeah. when we... When the band started, the whole idea was to play 50 shows and then go into the studio. So it was a collection of of musical beds that, that they had written and then I put vocals on. Some some songs that I'd written skeletally with with some some musician friends of mine and then a couple songs that we'd done from the ground up. But this is the first time that we've actually gone, we're a band and we're going to write a complete album together, mm. right? So, so this process, we're still working it out, and it's been, um, we have shared ideas and all that, mm -hmm. um, but it's been, a, I found it a very organic process. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we kind of just, I mean, it's, we kinda, the way we see it, I guess, is this is what we do, so it's very natural for us, I guess, to make music together, so if something's not working, we just don't do it, basically. Yeah. Um, so, like, we... This, before this tour we had about five months off uh, where Dell was in Australia and then the three of us were in Dallas so we would like write stuff and record it record like little demos and send it over to him and then but like nothing is set in stone ever you know right. and I was yeah. working on stuff as well you know over there just again independently mm -hmm. you know constantly writing like a lot of I feel like a lot of times people wait until they're ready to do an album they go oh shit you know like you gotta like write an album you yeah. know <laughs> whereas we're we love music so we're always writing and always like I've got a million like sketchbooks and all that sort of stuff and I'm kind of, like he can he can attest to this I'll be driving down the highway we'll be listening to something I'm like oh Matt 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 write this down like can you write this down it's just like a couple words or it's a line or it's something you know something's popping into my head you know just for lyrics and stuff like that and um you know, I've got, you know, a little app on my phone where I'll, sometimes I'll be in the shower, you know, and I'll just like, I'll come up with a little ditty in the in the shower and I'll, I'll record it, you know, and then hop back in the shower. And so we're doing all that sort of stuff and, and doing it in parts and pieces. Mm -hmm. So it does happen organically because if you've got all these spare parts lying around, then you get all together and, and creative juices start flowing. And it's like, well, hang on a minute, you know, if you think like, think like a car you know and you're building a car from the ground up and you don't know what the car's going to look like but you've got all sorts of parts and pieces and you go you know those really massive tires that you put aside last week why don't you grab those out oh yeah 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 yeah. oh and i've got a v8 i got, this, I got this a sweet muffler dude yeah. <laughs> you know you know and so that's kind of what it's like like putting putting songs together for us you know and and something happened really awesome the other day where it was this song that had been you know, um, Art, and, Art and Matt had kind of, you know, I remember Art first showing me the riff in Gold Coast in Australia. Like, almost a year ago. Almost a year ago. And then and then him and Matt had sort of worked it up. And, and uh, I remember saying at the time, you know, like, the chorus that was written, I just wasn't really feeling it. But I was I was feeling the verse and the pre-chorus and the riff and all that sort of stuff was awesome. But I was I was really struggling with the chorus and we were, tr we were working with it and all that. Anyway, Art and I were working on a different song that I'd been working on and um, and sort of putting that all together. And the next day he calls me and I was in the shower and I answered while I'm literally in the shower. And he goes, remember that chorus, you know, and that verse we were working on yesterday of your song? I was like, yeah. He goes, what if we chopped the chorus out of that and put it in this other song? I was like, ooh interesting you've tickled my fancy yeah. now so then we got and we got together later that day and tried it and yeah oh, yeah it was beautiful it worked really cool. well and so i mean i think that's probably the best example of, of how we 
how we go about constructing things is just coming up with cool bits mm -hmm. and pieces that are cool and sometimes they're they're complete songs and sometimes they're we think they're complete songs yeah and then we go well actually you try live a couple times and it's like it doesn't quite work. it's not quite working <laughs> But yeah, it, it is a process, and it is a creative process too. So sometimes you'll you sit down, try to work on something, and it nothing happens, and that could happen, that could go on forever. And then there's sometimes where every time you sit down, you it's always something that's gold, you know. And so the point is, I think for us, is if we always do it, then something is going to come out of it yeah. eventually, you know. Um, and it's got to move us. If it doesn't move us, then it can't move you. Exactly. That's I mean that's just the that's way it is. Point. Great point. Mm. Yeah. You know, we're not about. We're not interested in playing music that we are not interested in. Yeah. We want to play. We we want to write the music that we want to hear. That's not being made. I guess. Right. I guess that's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of stuff that you want to hear, and uh, I have to I have to mention the Mean Bone cover <laughs> because I, I heard it just after listening to you guys getting prepared and all this stuff, and then I heard that I'm like, you know, that fucking makes total sense. <laughs> So, and it's not, but you guys aren't doing it in a way that it's corny or stupid or anything. So, talk about how that came up and, you know, just that kind of influence. I mean, that was, that was honestly um, one of those things that did happen very organically because I've done that um, in previous bands. And anytime I do like a one-off, because sometimes when I'm home, you know, for several months, I'll just call up a bunch of mates of mine that are mm -hmm. musicians and I'll go, hey, do you want to do a one-off show? Or put together, you know, some material that I've been a part of writing, or just covers that I think are fun. And Mean Bone is always in yeah. in my sets. Mm -hmm. And when I mentioned it to to these guys, they were like, "Oh hell yeah!" Like that I think is we a, had actually covered it. A rad in our old song. band, actually. Yeah. Well, and, and it's part of and it his, makes sense. Yeah, of his. Uh, not a lot of people talk about that album. That he did. No, and it's they fucking don't. amazing. It's overlooked. It is it's the one I've listened to the most. Yeah, so. we were listening an, to it the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, all, I, I think that's. You know, we've all got a lot of different musical um, backgrounds and a lot of places that we go individually that everyone doesn't necessarily go fully into. But I think we all collectively meet together on that Snake Pit album, yeah. you know, on which is crazy because it, it, it is overlooked a lot. Uh, Temple of the Dog. Temple of the Dog is up there. Um, I don't know if you know that, but, um, yeah. you know, that album we all think is incredible. Mm. You know, and those are some lesser known albums that we collectively meet on. And so it was just a, a, a natural choice. And, and we're going to open up with that song tonight. Right on. I mean, it just... We play it so much it almost doesn't feel like a cover because yeah. it's not like I mean it is a cover, but we feel like I mean we connect with that song mm -hmm. and we we talk about we've tried opening with other songs and we're like oh but I like Mean Bone yeah <laughs> yeah there's nothing wrong with making it your own exactly yeah, well, you yeah, can yeah. tell because it sounds like one of your songs that's you awesome that's, that's a really good cool compliment yeah and that's the thing I love about your sound another thing I love about your sound is that. It sounds really familiar, but I can't say who it sounds like. I love that. That's, yeah. that's great. So. That's exactly what we're that's trying a, to that's do. A good right. Because yeah. Yeah. Cause cool. a lot of, I guess, we're not really doing anything new. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, we're, I mean, we're just trying to do what we do in our own way, yeah. which happens to be familiar to a lot of people, um, I guess. And I get it's not, but at the same time, it's not something that you see a lot today in modern music, right. I don't think. Um, or at least I, I haven't found it a lot. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of it. Yeah. 
Well, I think I mean you can you can apply that across across genres. I mean, you look at what Michael Bublé is doing or Adele is doing. They're not doing anything new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're doing what they do in such a way that millions upon millions uh, yeah. of people love it. Yeah. People are eating it up. Yep. You know, and I and I I. I feel like I know that you know that's not in the rock and roll genre, but I feel like that's you know it's a great description for what we do. You know, is that we're taking the influences that we grew up listening to and that we love, and we're doing something that moves us. So if we're doing something that moves us individually, that means every single night you're going to have us on stage, cracking smiles <laughs> and and loving life, because we're not doing it because we have to. We're doing. I mean. To a degree, yes, because we know that if we didn't do it, we would hate life. <laughs> but we're doing it because it's something that that brings joy to our lives, and we're trying to bring joy to to other people's lives through what we feel like we're best at doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of influence, I saw you're doing that Scott Weiland tribute in March. Yeah. Like, just talk about that. Is that something you already got? Yeah, so I mean that was something I, um, for me personally, my top three sort of vocalists, if I could narrow it down, would be Chris Cornell, Scott Weiland, and Steven Tyler. And um, I've never seen any of them live until um, the day that I heard Scott Weiland passed away. Was the day I was literally I was just parked to go and see Chris Cornell play solo acoustic in Australia. Wow. And it was a crazy, surreal experience for me sitting in that audience. And I, I'm friends with the guitarist who was playing for Scott Weiland at the time really? when he passed away. He's from Sydney, Australia. This guy called Nick Maybury. And so I was texting him, and I'd just heard it on the radio while I'm in this concert hall, watching Chris Cornell perform solo acoustic. It was this very surreal experience for me? And coming off the back of that. Um, I, I was already going to be back in Australia um, just for six weeks um, in between because this this tour came about for many reasons partly NAM, partly this acoustic tour I did with Jason Todd and partly a big reason was to write new songs right but our main tour kicks off first of April with winger in, in Colorado right? oh, wow. Now, I'm back in between that in Australia for six weeks, and I was talking with a friend of mine about how it had really impacted me, even though I've never met Scott Weiland. I've been as close as you are to me to Scott Weiland, but never actually met him, and I've never seen him perform. Um, and I just, I was like, you know, I would love to not do a Scott Weiland tr- like tribute show or, or cover show, you know, not like any of that, but I was like, I'd love to do a night where it's just Stone Apple Pilots, and Velvet Revolver tunes. And that guy um, is friends with the owner of a bar called Cherry Bar, um, which is um, quite a popular bar down in, in Australia. It's on ACDC Lane, you know. And so I just sort of started talking with a few friends. Um, and um, yeah, before I knew it, you know, I was talking with the owner of the bar and he goes, I love that idea. So I put together, uh, this is back in Australia, just um, three other mates of mine who were all in different bands. Um, and we put together a, a two-hour set. Um, and when I get home, we're going to... So they're all rehearsing individually. When I get home, we're going to rehearse for a couple weeks and then just play a one-off show. And it's... We're calling it Purple Plush Revolver. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. <laughs> um, a tribute to the musical legacy of Scott Weiland. And um, I think... 
unfortunately, and this goes for, I think, a lot of areas of music, you know, people that um, either abuse substances or, or maybe they may not be the nicest people, you know, um, I, I think people find it hard to separate the human being from the, the, artist. Mu from the, the artist. And regardless of, of who he was as an individual, because I don't know that, I've, I've never met him. His music has impacted me, and I know it's impacted a lot of people. So the night is intended to be myself and the other three musicians who are involved. It's meant to be our our tribute to the legacy of music that that he has been a part of, leaving behind. And a fantastic, fantastic one at that. It was, you know. yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of influence, who's for you, like, who makes you want to play drums? Oh, John Bonham, definitely. Um, my dad's a drummer, and he, he got me in, into it very early. Um, and I was raised on Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and all that 70s classic rock. So that's very much where I come from. Um, and then I did, like, the marching band stuff in high school. Um, so I, I come from a lot of backgrounds, but um, rock and roll-wise, as far as, like, strictly drums, I mean, you can't... It's hard to beat John Bonham, in my opinion. Right. Um, but there's tons of people like Matt Cameron from Soundgarden, huge. Eric Kretz from Stone Temple Pilots. Basically, like a lot of song drummers, basically. I don't, I'm not... I like Flash, but not necessarily Flash for the sake of Flash. Um, You're not going to be doing the Tommy Lee roller coaster. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's okay, when it gets it. in the budget, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's yes. on a jet plane. You know, take out the jet plane. <laughs> But, uh, nice. Yeah, nice. but going back to Stone Temple Pilots, that's one of the few bands that, as a complete discography, we all, the four of us in Delacoma, agree on. Um, mm -hmm. Like, we're always willing to listen to any one of those records at any given time. Um, that, so that that's very, very much a big influence for us, just as a band, for sure. Um, there's tons of stuff. I pr we we all have pretty eclectic tastes, <laughs> well, aside from rock and roll. We've, we, we've been known to listen to a bit of a uh, bit, bit, bit of everything from uh, Tribe Called Quest to uh, I think Kate, Katy Perry has yeah. been it on at, at one point. Yeah. Today, today we went we went from what, what was the first thing that we were playing? Uh, Rage Against the Machines. What was before that? Uh, there was something before that. There was something before that. Too many tunes. Yeah, <laughs> there was something before Rage Against the Machine, and then we went into Michael Jackson's greatest hits. Yeah, yes. you know. So I mean, we've got we we do have quite quite varied tastes, but um, yeah, Stoneable Pilots. We we all meet on that mm -hmm. as a again as a complete discography. You know, that's probably the only thing that we completely agree on. That all of us are mm -hmm. you know in in agreement on, and, then, and that's hard to do. I mean, like even with Zeppelin, you know, huge Zeppelin fan, but there's not all of it that I love, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and one guy might love this this album. Yeah. yeah, album and then yeah. Like, yeah. Well, oh, that's yeah. I mean Aerosmith. We all love Aerosmith. I they've gotten me more into seventies Aerosmith. I'm more an eighties Aerosmith guy. Yeah. But um, I've really gotten into seventies Aerosmith because of because of them, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and um, and Art and I are like strictly seventies Aerosmith. That's all we really care about. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And good on them for doing that to being able to do that, you know. Metallica's another one, you know, like, I, I mean, I, especially Rick, you know, he's he's really into the early Metallica, whereas I'm not really into that. I'm, I'm into, you know, your Black Album and your Load and Reload, you know, that's my jam, yeah, yeah. you know, so, yeah, we, we do, we meet on a lot of different ones, I mean, um, 
I know you guys are, are, are really big on on the illusions for Aerosmith, whereas I'm guns. I'm more appetite, you yeah, know, yeah, for guns, yeah, you know, for for Guns and Roses. Mm-hmm. Like I like the illusions, but I'm more appetite. Yeah, I, I would say Art, Art would definitely say appetite over the illusions. Yeah, um, and, and, and good on you for saying low, low. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I'll fucking defend them. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like what you like, man. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And that's one thing. I, I feel like we were a very honest man. We do what we do because we like it, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm sure there's parts of our, our sound that you could pick out and you go, oh, that's cliche or that's cheesy or whatever. But I don't feel like it comes across that way because we're honest about it. You yeah. know, we, we like what we like, and we play what we like. Um, and um, I think that's important in music because there's a lot of people... There's a lot of people that play music because they feel like it's what they have to do or what's in at the time yeah, or what's expected of what's them. What's expected, yeah. Whereas we do what we do because we want to do it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is going to be, you know, a, a, a three minutes and 22 second radio song <laughs> because we feel that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the, uh, at the, at the track listing on the album, most of them are, are, are technically radio length. And that wasn't on purpose. It was because we don't feel like, you know, we're not going to make a song longer or shorter because we feel like we have to. Mm-hmm. We're going to play a song, you know, if, if if it doesn't need a 12-minute solo, we're not going to put it in. But on the other hand, if it does need a 12-minute solo, you better believe it's going to have a 12-minute oh, yeah. solo. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a shredder. But there's a couple songs on there where there's not a guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it didn't need a guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's even some solos that aren't even shredded. They're more melodic and, you know, peaks and valleys type yeah. solos. And yeah, it's just, we're just feeling whatever comes to us, I on, guess. On, honest and raw. Mm. Those are the two, those are the two words. If I were to pick any two words, I feel like those, if, if we could be described as honest and raw, mm-hmm. um, those are the two that I would want. And maybe reckless is a third. There's a bit of that. Honest or on reckless, I like it. There you go. There's your album title, right? We got anything else? Yeah, I think we got it covered there. That was awesome. Great. Appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you very much. It was awesome. There you go, Delacoma Rio and Matt Cook, the vocalist and drummer of the band Delacoma. Once again, big thanks go to both of them for taking the time you know, to sit out there in the somewhat chilly night and talk to us for, you know, a good 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was uh, cool to see them in Tulsa, and it was very cool to kind of get inside their heads for a little bit and see what was going on. Yeah, look these guys up on Facebook and find them on the web, buy their music, download it, buy the CD, buy their coffee cups. They've got coffee cups on Facebook you can buy. That's right. Just do anything. (laughs) Support these guys. They're they're great musicians, they're great guys, and you, it's the type of thing you just want to see keep going and, and succeed. And we're definitely looking forward to hearing the new music later this year, and hopefully we get to see them come back around this way. Well, if this is your first time listening, go on to SoundCloud, soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground, listen to our previous podcast. We just had an episode, two episodes ago, with Ian Hogland from Europe which was really cool. That was awesome. We had Joey Allen from Warrant on a while back. Like I mentioned, we had uh, John Oliveris from Sons of Texas on. Uh, Kyle Gunther from Battlecross. Yeah, we get into heavy stuff too. Oh, yeah. Like said uh, Battlecross. Kirk Winstein from Crowbar. Yep. Miss Sid Falk, over, Overkill. Yeah, Miss yeah. Man. Yeah, go ahead. The list, list goes yeah. on, and 
We also just had an episode with a band called Grind that you need to check out because you can hear their music on there as well. Definitely, yeah. We've had, yeah, like that's a local act. We've had a lot of local guys, uh, Rocket Science, Driver, Severmind, uh, Smoke Offering. You know, we do it all. Yeah, and you can find them all on SoundCloud or on our website, which is www.thethunderunderground.com. You can find us on Instagram, the same thing, The Thunder Underground. On Facebook, Thunder Underground. Follow us, like us, pull us up on there. And, of course, follow us on Twitter, T-H-N-D-R-U-N-D-R Ground, and right here on SoundCloud. Got anything else we want to talk about before we... When are we doing that Motley Crue episode? We keep talking about it. Can you call Josh Baker's fucking ass and get him (laughs) over here? There you go. I'll do that. I'm doing it. That's why I'm doing it on the podcast, calling him out. (laughs) Where are you at? Get over here. Yeah. We tried to make a habit about not talking about what's coming up because sometimes stuff falls through or (laughs) things get changed and pushed back. But we have mentioned two or three times we were doing this Motley Crue episode because it's kind of timely. And then now I wasn't going to mention it this episode since it wasn't scheduled. Yeah, but I will. Fuck it. Yeah, you called it out. So, coming soon, <laughs> the Thunder Underground crew cast. There, there you go. The crew cast. I like it. All right. <laughs> All right. Until next time, we'll see you later.